When it comes to the coronavirus, one of the sectors hurt the most and will likely be one of the last to bounce back from the pandemic is the concert business. And with many small clubs shutting their doors for good, there is growing and big concern over the future of those that are left. Let's welcome in our friend and music expert, Eric Elper. He joins us here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Eric, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Uh, just how dire are things right now, particularly for the small clubs out there? Yeah, well, let me throw a couple of numbers at you just so that everybody out there knows just how much of an impact the live music industry and the Canadian music industry has, not only across the across the country, but right here at home in Toronto, where, you know, they have an estimated $455 million of revenues for the live music sector uh, right here in Toronto, and it contributes $252 million to the Canadian economy. That uh, that number has risen on average about 6% every single year since 2010. So it's growing. And in fact, even if we look to our friends down south at the border, it's almost $9 billion the live music sector is worth in the U.S. That's five times greater than the value of the agricultural sector. So when we hear in the music industry about government, whether it's locally or provincially or federally, bailing out the banks or the auto workers, and rightfully so, those are huge industries. But the music industry is a lot bigger than what people realize. And especially in the last four or five months, we've seen just um, such a reliance on our sanity is being saved by Netflix and music streaming services and artists that are performing most of the time for free on social media just for our entertainment and our pleasure while we get through the COVID-19. Those are all great points. And, you know, we're talking about some pretty historic venues here as well. Uh, one of the reasons I wanted to get you on today is I got up this morning and I saw a story about uh, the Troop, the Troubadour, the famous L.A. club. This yeah. is where Glenn Fry and Don Henley first performed together, backing Linda Ronstadt. If you've watched the movie Rocket Man, it's the site of the first U.S. show ever for Elton John. Apparently, it's in danger. It's in trouble of closing for good. I mean, should places like the Troubadour and others, considering what's gone on in the past, Erica, I mean, should they be protected? Should they be considered historical sites? Yeah, this is a real interesting question that, um, you know, I've got I've got two sides of it. The first is that, uh, you know, we're living in a much different music industry now where a great majority of the sales and of the streaming happens to be pop music and hip-hop and rap. Uh, for the first time last year, rap music and R&B music overtook rock as the most streamed genre in the world. Um, so you end up with a whole generation of new musicians that are coming up that don't consider playing Lee's Palace or the Horseshoe or the Cameron House as a way to their success. It all depends on what kind of music that you play. But certainly if you play rock and roll, that's going to be your step. Um, it, it's going from playing to two people and the bartender and getting great playing hundreds and hundreds of times in order to practice in front of playing in front of a crowd. Um, people who play classical music knows this well. There's only so much that you can do when you're playing by yourself uh, in your own home. You have to get out there and tour the country in order to get great. And that's kind of sadly what's missing, I think, when people say there's no good music. Well, there's no good music for you or you just may have to dig a little bit deeper. But these venues, they're all going to be you know, not only struggling right now, but 
Uh, you know, I read somewhere where it could be 80% of all of the venues could be shutting down if if, uh, if they're not allowed to reopen back in August. That's a real scary number because not only that a lot of people out of work, but that's an absolute devastation to the music industry. Wow, 80%. That is a huge number. And considering everything you just said there, Eric, and considering these clubs, their cultural significance and the fact that, uh, that this is where talent is cultivated – is there an argument maybe for government assistance when it comes to some of these places that this is where a lot of our arts, a lot of our culture, where it breathes, where it lives, where it gets developed? Yeah, absolutely. And whenever I talk to artists that are living outside of Canada, they just can't believe the amount of money that's being spent um, on the arts right here in Canada. They're they're astounded that we have such amazing support, both from the city of Toronto and and also from places like the Ontario Arts Council and place and organizations like Factor, which does give a lot of money to to artists that are you know big and small. Um, so you end up with a with a whole with a whole side of it where does the government need to have music in all of our lives? And the answer is yes, because without it, we'd be bored silly. We'd be angry. We wouldn't have any creative outlets and, and we wouldn't have that kind of, you know, sociological and psychological experiences of going to a concert um, together, going to a show. So yeah, I, I absolutely, the government should you know, take a, uh, you know, and continue to to put the spotlight on these venues and of these artists, and they're doing that. They're doing a, they're doing a really good job, in so much as what they can right now. Um, but I'm afraid that three or four months down the road, every business sector and every industry is going to come out with cap in hand. The good news is that a lot of artists aren't waiting for that. Um, there's a, an artist here that I think you know, Mika Barnes, for instance. He's a jazz singer. All of his venues that got canceled due to the coronavirus, he's, he is going to be performing on those Facebook pages um, for free. So where he was going to be playing, say, at the basement in Saskatoon, he's going on that Facebook page and performing. So those artists that are being really creative, knowing that people are at home, they're going out and still performing, but it comes down to three or four months down the road when their rent is due and when their costs are, are getting higher and higher, Who's going to come and bail them out? Yeah, because here's the other part of this that is not discussed much, and it's something I saw again in this uh, news item uh, this morning, is that it is really tough for these small clubs to get loans, to get bank loans. Banks are not backing them in the best of times, never mind right now, in these times. And I love this quote, when the show stops, so does the money for these clubs. Yeah, and in fact, a lot of them, um, you know, they're, they're not even – being able to pay their own staff, they're um, they're literally laying them off and having that staff go on government assistance, like so many other uh, people in this city, um, because they just don't know when they're coming back. Um, I'm hearing everything from you know, spring of 2021 for any concerts. Um, I'm hearing summer. There's you know, there's also close to, you know, there's a couple of studies that came out in the last 10 days that said that 40% of Americans won't go see a live show anywhere unless there's a vaccine available. Um, that's a real scary number. I know that I would I would put myself in there. As much as I, I love this industry, I'm not convinced that I'm going to want to go out and hang out with 80 people or 20,000 people if I know for sure that there's not there's not a vaccine. Um, and that's a real scary thought for those artists who now that 
streaming services are the way to go and maybe physical CDs and albums don't sell as much as they used to. They all rely on playing live for their money. You know, it's, yeah, and are those live shows, never mind people going to them, are they even going to be around in the future? I only got about a minute here, Eric, but I wanted to ask you, too, making news this afternoon, is Live Nation announcing a change in how they're going to do business moving forward? And basically the gist of it is is that they're going to shift the risk off of the promoter and more onto the performer. And just how many performers and bands are going to be willing, particularly in the COVID age, to assume that risk? For sure. If a concert is canceled due to poor ticket sales or that if an artist canceled the performance uh, because of the COVID, they are now going to be eating up almost 80 percent of the money that uh, that it costs to put on that show, which is going to be even more devastating. So what you're going to find is all of these concerts that are now delayed, you might start to see a lot of them be outright canceled, which is good news for ticket buyers because now they finally get their money back. But bad news, because until this coronavirus settles down and I mean, a lot you might have seen the last of the classic heritage artists like uh you know the elton johns and the uh, eric clapton they'll never go back on the road again for fear of getting and dying eric gotta leave it there appreciate the time as always thanks so much thanks so much jeff for having me we'll talk soon